Love. All right. Okay. Good. All right, all right, all right. Good evening. Good evening. Today is May 5th, 2020. I am Jen Lyles, and this is Dr. Gretchen Lockett. And thank you for joining us for the Jen and June podcast, volume two. Tonight's podcast is all about state government. And our hope is once you finish listening to this, you will get a better understanding or leave with takeaways of understanding how it works. Everything is local. State government, as current right now, there are 34 Republican governors in office. And a true understanding of state legislatures truly run the country. So without further ado, Dr. Dr. Lockett, can you tell us where you'd like to start? Go for it. Well, for one thing, uh, last week we spent time talking about if a president is in office, how do you get him out? So we talked about two different ways. And mm -hmm. uh, for the most part, you can't make it happen if you don't control uh, the, the majority in the Congress. That's the bottom line. Okay, so, and what does the Congress consist of? I beg your pardon? What does the Congress consist of, the actual Congress? What is the, that? When you say Congress, you're talking about the House, the U.S. House of Representatives and the U.S. Senate. That is what's called the Congress. Okay. Okay. And so right now, the Democrats have a majority in the House and the Republicans have a majority in the Senate. So... um but the Democrats don't have a two-thirds majority. They have a simple majority in the House, which is important as far as um, what they can do. But what we history will show you that if you look at what's gone on over the years from the beginning, you'll see that <clears throat> the Congress even though we think of them right now as being conservative and kind of dullard, they they were always more uh, liberal or forward-thinking or progressive than the states. And uh, the states actually do the work, and that's what we have to think about. Okay. You, every state has representatives and uh, senators that are state-based. And what uh, we have to realize is that if you don't control the state legislature, you can you run into some blocks that are really heavy. So you will see, for instance, uh, people looked at um, TV over the weekend and saw former Attorney General Eric Holder talking, and he was talking about gerrymandering and redistricting. So what happens is you, we've been fussing and telling people, please send in the census. Please send in your census so you can be counted. Well, once the count is over, which will be probably in August, they'll finish counting. 
and they send that information, and it's done at the um, Department of Commerce, the Bureau of the Census, which is in the Department of Commerce. And they send that information, the count, the total count, to the Congress. And Congress then decides based on the state population as to how many representatives you get in the House of Representatives. And so they come up with this plan. They, um, the total number of the population, which they're talking about be something like 350 million, is divide, divided by the 50 states. Excuse me, I'm sorry. It's divided by 435, the number of seats in the House of Representatives. And when you come and when you divide, say 350 million by 50, you're gonna come up with about uh, 700,000 even. So that's that's an arbitrary number right now. Okay, so okay. that means that every con congressperson in the House of Representatives would represent 700,000 people. That's called the ideal size, okay? okay. Now, then the next step that the Congress does is they divide, they take the state of Georgia's uh, population and each state's population and divide that state's population by the ideal size. And so what that would be, they said that we have 10 million people in Georgia. So we would probably end up this time with... Um, maybe uh, 15 representatives, something like that. So then the because we had 14 uh, this past 10 years, what they'll have to do the, at the state level, the Congress sends a, a letter down here to the state legislature and says, okay, you would get 15 representatives. Uh-huh. And so they would take the that number and carve out 15 districts. Well, here's where, here's where the trick comes in. If whoever is in the majority in the state legislature will, will have the uh, opportunity to draw those districts, and if they want to, they can gerrymander them. And there's no bipartisan group currently that can take care of that. No. Now, California has a bipartisan commission. But even if you have a bipartisan commission, what you've got to do is make sure that it's, it's not co-opted. You know, just because it's bipartisan doesn't mean it'll be fair. Okay. You got a lot of background noise. Oh, okay. Sorry, sorry. Okay, so, <laughs> so we're in a situation where in the state of Georgia, at this point, the um the state house is controlled by uh Republicans. And so what they will do is draw those districts to favor themselves. Now they're supposed to 
present these plans to the um to various to the people you're supposed to be able to have an input into it and uh, they're supposed to hold some little hearings or meetings and you can say well whether it's fair or not but uh what they typically do is they don't advertise those widely so you don't know when it's going on so before you know it they have a plan and uh, okay now what has happened with when the Voting Rights Act was operating at its fullest potential, then they, there was a process that they had to go through in order to get those the redistricting plan to be considered as okay. It had to go to the federal district judge in the, in the area, okay, to the federal district court rather, and it also had to go through the Justice Department. But because of this case called Shelby v. Holder, that process has been really uh, kind of kicked to the curb. So that means that it doesn't have to go to those two places anymore. Because what the, the Supreme Court said in that case is that yeah, you know, you all say that there's been uh, discrimination in terms of, of voting, but um, we don't think that's true anymore. You're using old statistics. And so unless you can prove to us that it's still a problem, we're going to set aside this Section 5 that says it has to go through these reviews. And it'll just, um, these redistricting plans will stand the way they present them. Now, every now and then we get a break. So a few months ago in the case uh, in North Carolina, the court said, this is, out, is, is ridiculous the way they've drawn these districts up. So you can see that they surgically designed them so that they would discriminate against African-Americans and take away their rights to vote. Now, mm -hmm. but we haven't had all of the cases like that that, that we are entitled to, really. So many of the uh, those, um, many groups are still trying to fight that in court and see if we can point out that these redistricting plans aren't fair. Okay, so that's how mm -hmm. it's structured. But the state legislature decides a whole lot of things. It, like if you want a um, a constitutional amendment, the state legislature is going to have to come into it at a, at a point in time. They have to ratify it. Either it, the, each state would have to ratify an amendment, either through a convention or through the legislature. And more likely, it would be through the legislature. Okay, so that's the basic way of how these things work. Now, let's go to the structure in the the uh, uh, government in in any state. Most states have a two what we call a bicameral legislature, where they have two houses. Okay, a Senate and um, a, a House of Representatives. There are a few 
something like two or three that just have one house, okay? But what happens mm -hmm. is um, they can kind of check the governor in some ways, okay? And they can check the federal government because here's what happens. The federal government will pass a law and say, well, let's just take a, something that everybody knows about, the um, uh, federal law against the uh, growing sales use uh, of marijuana. There's a federal law that says you will not do this. You won't sell it. You won't grow it. You won't use it or what have you. But... Mm -hmm. There are some states that say, we don't, we're not paying you any attention. And so you have a state like Colorado said, we don't agree with that. So the state mm -hmm. uh, put on, uh, on this ballot whether people wanted to um, buy, sell, use marijuana. And the people said, yes, we do. Okay. So that's what you, mm -hmm. uh, that's called, um, um, let me think a minute. I'm losing my train of thought. That's called uh, um, gee, Willikers. Um, gee, why am I not? I'm losing my thought. When uh, it's nullification, they nullified the federal law, and then they uh, they could have just said we're not doing it and left it like that, but they. Mm -hmm. inserted their own law. So that's called interposition. So it's nullification mm -hmm. and interposition. Okay. So in the state mm -hmm. of Colorado, you can buy, sell, grow, use uh, marijuana for uh, medicinal, recreational, or whatever kind of purposes. And the, uh, and the federal government could have sent in federal marshals or whatever and burned all the crops and put all the people in jail and so forth, but they didn't do that. And the only control uh -huh. they're putting on it is that they can't put the money from those from the sale or anything in a federal bank. In other words, if the bank is covered by FDIC or FDAC, they can't put the money in there. Oh, uh, so, and that's a big deal. So where do these people put this? Well, money? I guess they're putting it in chunks or holes or mattresses. I don't know. I remember that was a big problem. They kept getting robbed. So I don't, they know, carry I don't know that they're getting robbed. I don't know that. And it's my understanding that there's some plan kind of in the works to help them get around that. But it hasn't been um, completely dealt with yet. And so you got California and the state of Washington. Those are two other places where uh, it, it's um, allowed, okay? But, but mm -hmm. the reason that the government hasn't shut down on them is because, number one, the, uh, there's too much uh, public support for it, and two, the last time the government had to really uh, come down on the states about uh, nullification was in the Civil War, okay? So they're not going to go to war over uh, marijuana, okay? Mm -hmm. All right, so that's, that's an example of how the states can do what they want to do if they want to, okay? 
All right, but I want to talk about uh, Georgia a little bit because we have a, a kind of peculiar structure as far as the legislature is concerned. Now, let me see. Okay. The Georgia Constitution describes the powers of eight executive officers in Georgia. They're the governor, the lieutenant governor, the secretary of state, the attorney general, the state school superintendent, the commissioner of insurance, the commissioner of agriculture, and the commissioner of labor. And they run on their own. So in other words, in the fall here in, well, really June 9th, this, this uh, ballot that's coming up now, this um, primary, we mm -hmm. will be picking who's going to be the Democratic person to run for uh, lieutenant, well, excuse me, I'm sorry. We won't be picking them this time because we just did it, uh, what was it, two years ago? Two years ago. But the next time in the presidential, when the presidential election comes up, we will be voting for each of those persons on the ticket. They're, the primary will have the Democratic person running for it and the um, all the Democrats running for it and all the um, Republicans. And then after the then when, is, when is this when is this date? When? When is this that's going gonna happen? happen um in November, I believe. Of twenty twenty? When was uh Kemp put in? He was put in last was it last year? No. When did he go in office? I have no idea. I can't speak on it. I really don't know. Think, uh, did he go in at the same time that uh what's his name went in? The president. I've uh, got Google right here. I don't think so. Hold on. Let me ask Google. <laughs> okay, Google. When did Governor Kemp get into office? Brian Kemp has been governor of Georgia since January 14, 2019. He got in January 14, okay, 2019. So he gets a four year term. So it'll be, we'll be voting for him uh, or somebody in what? Uh, four years. So it'll be 23. And they'll take office in 24, I think that's the way it goes, or vice versa. Whatever. Okay, so in 2023 is, is the next time the governor, all eight of these people, all eight of those people will be running. In so they just got set. So we just played ourselves, is what we're I saying. I beg your pardon? We played ourselves, meaning all eight of these people just got assigned in 2019. Right. And the thing is, we, you know, we, most people don't vote all the way down the ticket. That's our, our issue. That's what I'm trying to, I may be taking a long time getting to explaining that. But if you next, whenever this election is, if you don't vote, you know, all the way down your ticket, these then you don't get a chance to choose who's going to be in those offices. So right now you've got a a, a Republican a Republican administration, okay? Oh, because we blew it. <laughs> we didn't we blew know. It. I don't think we blew it per se. We just didn't know, and we you know we we're kind of uh, new to this. All right, so the. 
But I really appreciate you knowing, and I appreciate you having a digestible format. Thank you. But that's, that's not the rest of it. You got okay. No, see what what people are for our listeners. They're not here yet, but they will be. Right. And the next thing is you got um now all of those are elected officers with independent powers. The governor is uh has must have been a citizen of the US for fifteen years, a legal resident of the state for at least six years, and must be thirty years old when he assumed when he or she assumes office. And so Georgia calls the legislature the General Assembly. It has a Senate and a House, and they all serve two-year terms. Now, they will be running, okay? They will be okay. I just, I, I can see some light, because at first it looked real dark. Now I'm like, okay, there's a little light. There's a little hope. Okay. Two they serve two-year terms. There are 56 senators and 180 members of the House of Representatives. And this That's is in, in Georgia. Georgia. And this could change coming up with the census. I beg your pardon? Could these change the numbers coming up in the census? Oh, no. Mm -mm. Okay. Now, you said it was 180 members, and then you said 400 something. Okay. It's 435 members of the U.S. House of Representatives. But the okay. state of Georgia has 180 members of the state House of Representatives and 56 senators. Okay. Okay. But... But hmm. it's like the uh, the House of the the U.S. House of Representatives, for instance, everybody in the U.S. House is running this time. All four hundred thirty-five people are running. Oh. So now, what is, what all can you tell us? What with each of these people, with each of these members of the U.S. House, we'll get to that in a later episode, exactly what they do for the state. For the state? They look mm -hmm. out for their constituents in the state and they try to get money. Like if a, a program is, is funded by Congress, they try to make sure that their district gets some of that money. And they also respond to the um, the request of their constituents, okay? One of the things people don't realize is that if you run into some problems with, uh, let's say, getting your Social Security or getting into the VA hospital or something like that, you can... You know, you can talk to your your uh, U.S. senator and your representative, your U.S. representative, and see if you can get some assistance from them. But also at, at the state level, of course, you can talk to your state senator and your state house of representatives member. To get help on something you're having trouble with. Yeah, they're supposed to cut some of that red tape for you. 
as a matter of fact, when you go to, if you uh, if you're trying to find out what's on your ballot or uh, whether you registered or not, whether they're counting you, you go to my voter page and you uh, put in your um, first initial, your last <laughs> name, your birth date, and the county you live in, and it'll pull it up and let you know. But it will tell you who, what, what district you're in for your um, uh, state senate and the state house of representatives, and also uh, your U.S. representative and the senators. So you can you can write okay. that down, and uh, they have like if you click on on your um, my voter page stuff. If you click on, like it'll say you in the 46th district. If you click on that, then it will take you to the name of the person who's representing you and how to contact them. And whether okay. they're Democrat or Republican. Makes a big difference if you get some help in that. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> You know, people, people ask you, well, what's the difference between Democrats and Republicans? Well, one thing is Democrats believe in helping groups and Republicans believe in helping individuals. Yeah, oh, that was a good way to explain it. I didn't even know that. Well, I mean, that's just the philosophical difference. And the other thing is that, you know, they always go back to the Federalists and the Anti-Federalists. The Anti-Federalists mm -hmm. are really the Republicans and the Federalists are the Democrats. Mm-hmm. And I like the Federalists. Throughout history, the Federalists just style my soul. The Anti-Federalists just always seem like a bunch of dummies and they keep living up to their legacy. Well, just, I mean, they no just don't believe in funding uh, people and so forth. And they did, uh, you know, they were fussing about this this little stimulus check of $1,200 or whatever it is. They, you know, didn't want to give that to people. They're very evil. Would you agree or disagree with that? Well, it, it sounds, it feels, they're, okay, let me put it this way. They're very dispassionate. They have no compassion for people. <laughs> dispassionate. I like it. I didn't even know that was a real word. I'm putting that in the vocabulary. Thank you. You are just very dispassionate. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a real word, dispassionate. I don't feel like people, I don't feel like he gets enough usage. You're just very dispassionate. These dispassionate people. I think that conveys exactly who they are. Dispassionate. Have you no mercy? That's what it is. Like, they have no okay. mercy. They don't, they, they have no empathy. Uh, well, and, and let me say this. We're saying this as an overarching generalization. But but you know yes. there are some people who are Republican who are are compassionate and are knowledgeable and have some empathy, but but okay. uh, it it seems as though they're few and far between. Okay, and I think it's just you know how you are or uh, what do you want to call it. Um, 
oriented, how you're brought up, you know, to what extent. How you, how you brought up. I don't know, but if you have a soul, then your soul will kick in eventually and be like, you know, I just don't think we're doing the right thing as a body. Like, I, the, my belief is if you believe in the golden rule of doing to others as you want done to you, don't you have your answer? Like, don't you know what you should be doing? Letting it come automatically? Like, huh, would I want anybody to do that to me? No. All right, then I shouldn't do it to them. Like, isn't that pretty well, easy? Well, it seems like it should be. But maybe then, you know, some of them just, I guess, just don't feel it. Now, some of the Democrats are, you know, just as uh, cuckoo. Yeah, but we, we don't want to go off topic. So keep us going down the road. Cause you're okay, really so we're dealing with this legislature. So you got 236 people down there in the legislature, okay? And they're going to decide how much money goes into each county. Okay, and they're going to decide which, which robes go in and all of that stuff. Okay, it's now this is, this now who is does the state this? legislature. Who this is your state legislature. Okay, because they get the money now. Here's what I learned I learned that all 50 states have a Department of Transportation. So when the federal funds come from the federal government to the state government to fix the transportation. It goes through the G dot. Yeah, That's my but, but uh, the state puts in some of its own money. It's not all federal money. So here's okay. the thing. The, the federal government gets more money from taxes than it needs to use. And so it gives the money back to the states in the form of block grants and categorical grants and so forth. So, but the states have some money too. They get their money mainly from what? From state sales taxes. Oh, so that's the number one tax is the sales tax? The what kind of tax? What's the biggest tax for a state? I thought it was property taxes. You thought it was property taxes? Well, it's property taxes and sales taxes, but sales taxes are, are more. Because everybody pays sales taxes. You go and buy uh, uh, some potato chips, you're paying a sales tax on it, unless you're in Florida or uh, somewhere where they don't charge tax on food. Yeah, they don't charge income tax either. They don't That's why in, uh, uh, Tennessee. Excuse me. They don't, they don't charge it in huh. Tennessee either. Okay, okay but the point the is, here you got this legislative body that is determining everything about your life. It t- they determine about your schools and so forth. So um, I guess about t- uh, 10 years ago, enough, somewhere between 6 and 10 years ago, the state of Texas decided they didn't want to have any... Uh, African-American history in their textbooks, and they took everything out, okay? They didn't want any multiculturalism in their textbooks. They took it out. Are you serious? This is is fact. I'm I'm telling you facts. They took it out. 
And they can do that. It's the state and it's the, their textbook and their educational system. Yeah, they can do that. Wow. I didn't realize the magnitude of that. And Texas, wow. Texas has the largest school population of, of any state. So they're not educating nobody about real history in Texas. Well, they don't. They they don't care. But they're not the only state that has done that. But the reason it's important is because a lot of the textbook companies uh, guide themselves uh, toward Texas. And so if, if Texas said take it out, they take it out of the textbook and that same textbook is going to Podunk, Arkansas, where, you know, where else, wherever else. Hmm. So the cycle continues. Good no, ignorance is bliss. The problem, see, we, we're dealing with a matter of public policy and power, and we're also dealing with strategies. Now, here's here's the thing that uh, we we don't seem to understand, and it's, you know, we're going to understand it by the time we get through this election, is that... Mm -hmm. um, you got to plan everything and you got to understand it. And what the Republicans did once uh, President Obama was elected, they said, this will never happen again. And so they mm -hmm. planned on several levels. And one of the uh, guys who was the... Um, he was the Speaker of the House of Pennsylvania. He went on record saying that what we have to do is we've got to go in here and fix all of these laws, especially this stuff on voting, while we have the demographics on our side. Because when, when this thing changes up, it'll take them 40 years to undo how, what we're doing. In the meantime, you've got Mitch McConnell that while he was in law school, he and his buddy decided that what they needed to do was to control which judges got elected. And they formed this group that now is on every law school campus that comes up with a list of conservative judges and stuff. People conservatives who would make good judges and, and support conservatism. So this this whole thing about wow. Kavanaugh and um, what's the, uh, Gorsuch, they, they came off those lists. Wow. But see, and yeah, so because these people are smart, they understand the system, and they are patient. They will plan and they will be patient before their plan gets in. And this is what uh, minorities and, and so forth are, have got to understand. It's, a, it's all about the vote right now. And the reason it's about the vote is because whoever you get in in these legislatures, okay, are going to be the ones who will determine how this stuff goes. 
whoever is in the U.S. House of Representatives and is in the Senate, they <clears throat> determine how things go. And what uh, wow. you have uh, 94 uh, district courts, federal district courts, and each of them is going to have from between two and 10 judges. And if you get, uh, you know, 50% of them to be conservatives, well, that's what they've done. They've, you have to look and see how many judges they've gotten through. Well, how long, how long did the judge If get you're a state? federal judge, that's for life. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. So they are really they jacking us up right now. Courts, and so you're going to get some, some bad decisions. And those people are going to be in there for life. Huh? Oh. I just said, oh, this is how they're ruining us right on real time. In real time, we get jacked yep. up. Yep. Live real time. Our only our only hope is taking over this house of representatives. The Senate. the Senate is is more important because the Senate, the Senate uh runs it. You, well, yes, we gotta do the Senate. So the, the Senate, Senate, Senate ratifies treaties, the Senate ratifies judges, the Senate uh ratifies uh did I say treaties they do they do everything okay yeah. it's the senate that confirm ratify okay but and they in there six years right and the uh representatives are only in two years and okay, I just want to move. You got, okay, you got the seven House more minutes. Of representatives is only more important in the, than the Senate in three ways. Number one, every revenue bill has to originate in the House, so that gives them some power there. The second piece of power is if the Electoral College fails to elect the president, then the House does it. And then the third thing is, if uh, if they want to impeach the president, it has to be the impeachment has to come from the House. The House impeaches, which means to charge. The Senate tries. Okay. That's yeah, because we, we didn't have the votes. They knew they didn't have the votes, but they knew they also had to go on and do it because otherwise then uh, the uh, president could lay claim to the fact, well, you see, uh, I was okay because they didn't even try to impeach me. You know, I was doing the right thing. Right. Well, the we whole thing that. was, was uh, you know, a mess up, but it's because we didn't have the power. You you got to have the votes. And for those persons who don't like um, Nancy Pelosi, she did a masterful job of, of holding that house in check until she had the votes. And uh, what has happened recently, mm -hmm. and people, uh, I want to say a couple of things. 
what has happened recently is, you know, we've been saying the way this man has been operating as president is just terrible. And every way you try to stop this foolishness, he would find a way to intercede in an evil way. So, uh, but what, mm -hmm. what stopped it, and you kept saying, well, God's going to have to step in here and do something, okay? Well, the way God did is, you know, they say God works through people, and there comes uh, Clyburn out of South Carolina to stop it and say, okay, this is what uh -huh. needs to happen. And once that uh, started happening, once Clyburn said what he had to say, James Clyburn now, who is from Clyburn? Uh, South Somebody. Carolina, he's uh, one of the whips in the house. He's a black guy. He used to be a school teacher. His job is to count okay. the votes. You got two whips, two whips okay. in the uh, uh, house. It's uh, James Clyburn and Stony Stanley Hoyer. But anyhow, uh, my point is that uh, God is interceding, and people need to understand what's going on with this coronavirus. Um, okay. It's a wake-up call, and I'm and I'm sorry that we're not as woke as we should be, because I couldn't believe that people were standing in line, black people, to go buy Michael Jordan's shoes. They're not wearing masks. They're not standing six feet apart. They're just going to buy some shoes in a mall, and you don't know who's got what. Okay. And then all the, the right, statistics right. is already showing that black men are dying more than women in this coronavirus, but that we're dying at what seventy percent of the rate. Yeah, I just I I was stunned. I was stunned that we're teaching ourselves. We're teaching ourselves. <laughs> Nobody has to help. But it's like, what do you do? Um, the first day they had the, the the women were lined up all down the block to go in the nail salon and standing six inches mm -hmm. apart. Yeah, but what, I'm I'm looking at myself. You know, I go to the hairdresser every Friday. I go get my nails done and mm -hmm. so forth. And and I really believe in being particular about your appearance. And uh, mm -hmm. I'm not going no, huh? But you're also wiser. You're you're wiser by default. We're asking people to stretch their minds that have never had to stretch their minds. Uh, I mean, but then I have no fear. That's what kills me. I don't. I I just don't understand. But all I know to do, I guess, we just really need to pray for them. Because it's, it's yeah, I mean, and it's, uh, it's the state of affairs. But to your point, God is in control. We're at a we're at our last two minutes. Is there something that you want to make sure? Well, our we need to know we that off? we've got to read. We need to know is that uh, we should have and still can put in for an absentee ballot. And that the regular ballots are coming out now. I have some friends that have received their regular ballot because they put in for an absentee ballot. 
And this is for that June 9th election because you don't want to have to go in person. Uh, I'm hoping that people will take this seriously. And so tomorrow, you if you haven't put in your absentee ballot request, you need to do it. I did mine. I, I did mine. Secure the vote. I did mine. The importance of that. That vote, haven't done it. And that's what I'm pushing. All these young people that uh, are can, can vote now, you need to do it by absentee ballot. And then you need to use do the regular ballot on June 9th. They're going to send it to you if you do absentee and you send it in. But you got to vote. This is this you got to vote as if your life depended on it because it really does. It does. It does. I hope I hope I can give you this feeling of the importance of the now. Yeah. All right, Dr. Lockett. Uh I hope we left our audience with something. Something that they can use and pass this on if you like what you heard. Uh make sure you subscribe. Hit the button. Do whatever you need. And um, what time? All right, week? thank you so much. All right, Dr. Lockett, we had a good one. Until we meet again. All right, thanks. Bye bye.